Parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. All right, we are officially into the NFL offseason. Derek Carr is available. The Bears are relevant again. Yeah, you're going to have a big offseason. Kansas City will have their parade today. We talked to Scott Shanley, our Super Bowl champion, Husker. Uh, Good morning, sir. Your your, your thoughts on watching it from the standpoint of a player to a fan of what you saw on Sunday in Arizona? I mean, it was a great game. I I think a lot of people will agree that they hated to see it end with, with 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 a penalty, but... Um, so people de- debate that penalty, and I, it's a shame because it, it overshadows a really good game between what I think we had the two best teams in the Super Bowl. And that doesn't always happen. Sometimes you just get the hottest team in the Super Bowl. And, and I think this year these were the two most deserving teams, the two best teams. But um, the reason I picked Kansas City was because of, of the guy they have playing quarterback and because of the head coach. And, and I think those guys were the ultimate difference makers in the end. And Kansas City fans have a long time to be very interested in what their team's going to do because uh, Patrick Mahomes has a chance. We never thought we would say, you know, everybody thought there's unbreakable records and unbreakable achievements, and Tom Brady kind of set the bar. But what Patrick Mahomes has done this early in his career, with so many years ahead of him, I I mean, this kid has a chance to be the best. Hey, so it went from, and as a Chiefs fan, I appreciate that, uh, it went from the first half where Philadelphia was dominating to the second half where Kansas City made adjustments and we're finding out stories now about certain plays and we know that the motion, um, the design motion, trying to pick up tendencies from what Philadelphia had done in the past, if they follow a wide receiver, if they hand them off, all of those things that that I'll ask you here in just a little bit. But you go into halftime and it feels like it's all Philadelphia and then there's Mahomes' injury. You've been in that locker room before and – you guys made a huge adjustment to take over the year you won the Super Bowl. How much of a benefit was it to Kansas City and that coaching staff after that first half that they had 29 minutes of halftime compared to the regular 13 minutes? Yeah, I think in their situation, it makes a huge difference. And as a player and a coach, a lot of times you don't like that much time. You get so used to your routine of running into yeah. I mean, it's a run into the locker room. The coaches are frantically putting up on the board the things that you need to watch for, the quick adjustments you're going to make. You have time to grab a Gatorade, and you're running right back out on the field. So that normal halftime is really short. But in that situation, you have you have an opportunity to make really big changes because of the amount of time you have. And if you're a player like you're Mahomes and you're, you have something tweaked or another guy has something hurt, you have time after those meetings to go in to see the trainer and to get other things done for – for injury, so I think it was a huge benefit to Kansas City because you're right. Philadelphia had control of that game. Everything was pointing towards Philadelphia winning that game, and Philadelphia really blowing that game open, especially when Mahomes went down. But um, you know, I, I think because of what Kansas City just has a championship mindset. They have championship heart. They've been there. They've done it before. There was no way they were going to allow that game to get away from them, and they just kept hanging around. They just kept hanging around, and and the biggest play in that game that no one really talks about is the Hurts fumble that was probably the difference in the game well and I'm glad you brought up Jalen Hurts because we've we've discussed this the second half adjustments for the Kansas City Chiefs or 
the inexperienced Nick Sirianni and maybe being a little more conservative in the second half with Jalen Hurts? I mean, did you did you get a sense of that? And did you feel like maybe a little bit of the whole, uh, you know, I know it's overused, but the whole, you know, playing not to lose as opposed to playing to win maybe had a little bit of a presence with Philadelphia in the second half? Sure, sure. I, I think you can make that statement. I, I mean, it was a close game. Philadelphia scored a ton of points. You're really looking at a couple of possessions in the game where you thought maybe Philadelphia wasn't as aggressive as they normally are. Maybe not. Go, maybe kicking the field goal late in the game was mm-hmm. was out of the norm for them. And and if it was a regular season, would they have went for it and tried to go up mm-hmm. by more points instead of just going up by six? So those are questions you ask yourself. But um, you know, I, I I think there were other situations where they probably could have ran Jalen Hurts more. But you know, it's it's hard to argue because the kid. I mean, he accounted for what 370 yeah. of their 420 yards. So. I think he played a phenomenal Super Bowl. It was just, it was a matchup for the two best teams in the NFL. And Kansas City made, you know what Kansas City did? They made plays in all three phases of the game. Yeah. They had a return fumble for a touchdown. They had a great punt return at the end of the game to put themselves in great position. And that punt return changed the momentum of the game. And I think because Kansas City made plays in all three phases of the game, that's how you win football games. Uh, did Kansas City also win the game because of you? We've alluded to Andy Reid but also the scouting that happened before they ever got to Arizona because there is the the wild back-to-back video of the Moore and Tony touchdowns, which are very similar, that now you're finding out that Kansas City saw a tendency earlier in the year in a game, I think it was Jacksonville, or it might have been New Orleans, that played the Eagles, and they ran motion with a what would be perceived as a jet sweep where the Eagle defense would pass off the motion man to prevent being burned on the jet sweep. But if the man in motion hit the brakes um, and stopped and reversed, he would be wide open, and that's exactly what happened to, to Kansas City. Um, I mean, that that is something that probably was discovered, what, on the Monday after the AFC Championship game when they started to break down Philadelphia Eagle film? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, huge credit to, to the Chiefs for identifying that. And it, it is a copycat league. You're going to look at plays. And that play had happened, it was Jacksonville and Philly. So, obviously, Doug Peterson, the protege yeah. of Andy Reid, and it, you know a lot, of, a lot of crossover in what they do philosophy-wise. So, I'm sure he saw that. He maybe even called Doug and said, hey, when you guys played these, what did you guys find? So, coaches are always talking, and we talked about it before, what are you doing those, that off week? A lot of conversations between coaches who know each other, who are familiar, and maybe that came up in that discussion. But certainly, the, the amount of film work, the amount of hours that – that these teams go over and all the assistants that go through all these, there isn't a play missed, especially when you're going in the Super Bowl. So for them to identify those plays and to put them in the Super Bowl, the first time it worked, I was really shocked it worked again. That mm-hmm. that's that was the sin by the Eagles is you know what you got caught on it, mm-hmm. you didn't learn your lesson and you got caught on it again and that can't happen in that situation. Scott, I'm ready to put this thing to bed, but I did see a highlight of it earlier today, so it officially hasn't gone to bed, even though Bradbury admitted that there was a little bit of a hold there with uh, Juju Smith-Schuster. When you saw it play out, when you had it, when you saw it called, uh, I mean, what was your reaction? Did you Were you okay with it, even before you heard what Bradbury said in postgame? No, I, I like that Bradbury admitted, because he, he did. He tugged him. Um, but, you know, at the, watching it real time, I thought there was a lot more egregious things that happened mm-hmm. in that game than that. I didn't like the call. At the time, I didn't like the call. And I, was, I wanted the Chiefs to win. But I didn't like the call because I didn't think it affected the outcome of the play. The ball was seven, eight yards over his head. Yeah. I don't think I, – I look at it like this. Without the tug, does he make the catch? No. 
and I don't think the tug was so egregious that it mattered. Yeah. Um, and like I said, earlier in the game, there were, there were more egregious things than that. So I would have liked to see that game end in the, in the hands of the players and not the officials. Uh, we know, and, and we don't want to overlook the defensive guys, but this is a little bit about the offense, and especially with the element of the RPO and Jalen Hurts. And Philadelphia loved to go empty set. From a defender part, and you put yourself back in your shoes or your playing days, empty sets are tough to defend, and then you add in the RPO. How much of a nightmare is that becoming for the NFL? It's hard. It really is. And that's why as a defender and, and defensive coaches, you hate quarterbacks with legs because when you go empty, as a defense, you have to – offenses love to go empty because you have to identify what you're doing defensively. You're going to show whether you're too deep, whether you're single high, whether you're keeping a, a spy in the box for the quarterback. And if you do that, now you throw it out quick in a bubble and you get one-on-ones on the outside. So the empty set identifies to an offense what you're doing defensively. So defensively, you have two choices. You can sit there and, and in coverage, play man, or you can bring the house. And mm-hmm. – um, some defenses will bring the house, but you have to be great tacklers in space. You have to trust your DBs that they're going to get these guys down quick when you, when they pitch it out there really quick. But if you're going to sit there in coverage and, and you're going to allow the quarterback to run because you don't have enough guys in the box, that's a dangerous game, especially when you're playing these, these quarterbacks who have legs. You know, you guys were just talking about, you know, Kansas City identifying it with the Philadelphia defense and, and some things. The, the one touchdown, the Tony one, where he's going into – He's coming back in motion. He kind of hides behind Kelsey's the ball snap, goes back out into the flat. Communication-wise, especially the position that you played, what is taking place or what needs to take place to even defend that? Or is that just an indefensible play? Is that one of those ones where you're like, I mean, I don't know what more we can do? No, it, it's it's a great play. It's a really mm-hmm. – it's, it's, it's almost an unguardable play against man, and that's what they knew Philadelphia was in. And in that situation, defensively, you may you may love to play man. You may be a man-to-man defense, and that's what you, you live in. But when you get in the red zone and you get that play the first time, I think as a coordinator, you have to say, listen, guys, we can't get caught on these plays. We're going to play cover two. We're going to play cover yeah. three. We're gonna, we have to play in zone. And so Philadelphia was kind of beating their head against the wall by saying we're a man team, and Kansas City took advantage of it. Because when that guy goes in motion, the – you rock and roll the DBs, and that means right. you just switch it off. You pass it off to the other side because if he hands it off and it's a jet sweep, you cannot follow that guy as fast as he's running. So mm-hmm. it's a rock and roll situation defensively. And and Kansas City knew they were getting man, and they ran the perfect man beater. Hey, does the NFL, and we've talked about officiating, does the NFL have a field issue? I know there was the discussion mm-hmm. about turf and natural grass and injuries early in the year, but that, that was a black eye on Sunday night for the NFL in that field. Yeah, certainly. And, and I think, you know, it didn't surprise me. And I'm surprised it surprised a lot of people because if you look at the games, the Fiesta Bowls, the national championship games that get played in Arizona, they're they're always flipping. They're, there's always issues with the new field they put in that stadium for some reason. And I know they were preparing that, that field for a couple of years, they said, for that moment. Um, it's almost like the, the structure of the grass, the rooting system, isn't deep enough for the, the guys that are as big as, as the NFL guys are cutting on, it's more of a, it's more of a soccer field layout. And the reason I say that is because when we played the chargers over in London, they had a beautiful grass field and it got tore up so fast. And it was because it, it was built for lighter guys to cut on. Yeah. And I think that's what, what you saw the other night, just big, heavy, explosive guys trying to change direction quickly. And that grass just couldn't hold up to it. Scott, the biggest story now going forward as we get closer to March 15th, 
I mean, is it all about Lamar? I mean, it's obviously quarterbacks, but is it Lamar? Is it A-Rodge coming out of his darkness uh, after this week? I mean, what what are, what are we looking at right now? It's it's all the above. I think you start with Lamar Jackson, and, and that's not a slot on Aaron Rodgers because Aaron Rodgers you know, has accomplished more than Lamar Jackson. But I just think where you look at Lamar Jackson, where he is age-wise, a recent MVP winner, uh, all the teams want a young quarterback to build their franchise around for 10 years. I think the Lamar Jackson story is probably the biggest. Mm-hmm. What's going to happen in Baltimore? Is he going to resign there? Is somebody going to throw two first-round picks at Baltimore and Baltimore say, you know what, we're ready to move on anyway. We want a, a traditional quarterback. It gets exhausting running you know, these other plays. And it's a lot of money to pay a guy that, that runs the ball a lot. Yep. And um, so I think Lamar's the number one story. Then you probably go to Aaron Rodgers because everybody expected him probably to end his career in Green Bay. And then from there, it's Derek Carr and, and, and Jimmy Garoppolo. And, and there could be some, yeah. some surprises. It's the NFL offseason. There'll probably be some surprises or two. So this is a, a question, and maybe it's not a fair comparison, but you're going to see where I'm going because you're familiar with Pete Carmichael. Because today, Kansas City will have their parade. Eric Bieniemy will be there. We know he's interviewing uh, with Washington for the offensive coordinator job. Philadelphia loses the Super Bowl. Nick Sirianni's been the head coach for two years, and both of his coordinators get head coaching jobs. And we go through another cycle where Eric Bieniemy doesn't get a head coaching job, didn't even interview, I, I, maybe Indianapolis, but he's interviewed with 16 different teams, 17 different openings for a head coaching job, hasn't gotten one. Andy Reid, after the game, talked a lot about Eric Bieniemy and how important he was. He got up in front of the owners last spring and said the same thing. You don't hear a lot of players say, hey, man, EB's plan was great. My comparison is when you were with the Saints, there was Sean Payton, an offensive whiz like Andy Reid. There was Pete Carmichael with him. There's an Eric Bieniemy with Andy Reid in Kansas City. Pete Carmichael interviewed for a lot of jobs. He's not a head coach in the NFL but there was the discussion, and I think it's happening in Kansas City, and, and this is where I want your insight if you can. They say, you know what, Eric Bandme calls the plays, but Andy Reid is the game planner, so that's the biggest difference that Team C is, oh, it's more Andy Reid than it is you. Is that a similar situation to what was going on in New Orleans, why Pete Carmichael never got a head coaching job? Yeah, I, I think, yeah, I really do. I believe there's, you said it perfect. These guys are great minds together. It's about who, who are you going to give more credit to? Who's making the, 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 the calls in the moments of the games that matter most. And the game plan part of it is a big deal. Who's sitting down during the week saying, Hey, we're going to be 40, 60 run pass. We're going to be 50, 50. We're going to be a play action. We're going to, we're going to do all sorts of these different RPOs this week. So you have to match your game plan to the type of team you're playing. But I just think sometimes you get a combination of guys and, and Kansas city has it. New Orleans had it with Sean Payton and Pete Carmichael. They just work well together in in the tasks that they're doing for those game plans because Pete Carmichael was the offense coordinator last year without Sean Payton, and there were a lot of games where we're like, Pete, what are you doing? Uh And it just didn't look as good without Sean Payton. And, um, you know, it's it's hard to know what they're like without one another until you see them without one another. But for Eric Bieniemy, I think, unfortunately for him, He's probably going to have to go to Washington or somewhere and be the offense coordinator for a year or two by himself without Andy Reid mm-hmm. and and have success. And I just think, unfortunately, that's what it's going to take. Andy Reid has been a really good play caller for a really long time, going all the way back to Philadelphia. He was in Green Bay. And I think that's why a lot of people just say, hey, it's got to be Andy Reid. So help me here with, and because and, and, you're more familiar with the Saints than you are the Chiefs, because I'm trying to figure out Andy Reid on game day. 
What does Sean? We know Sean Payton does the game plan. What does he do on game day with his OC? Well, Sean was calling the plays, and okay. I think there were there's times in the game where they probably go back and forth, and he'll say, "Pete, what do you got?" or "Or Pete, you you have this series," depending on what the situation is, the game. But um, you know, I, there's a reason why Andy Reid and Sean Payton's cards looked like a full full Waffle House menu. <laughs> they're 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 not holding it just for looks. They have their plays on there that they like, but I, I really think it's just they they go back and forth between recommendations and I. You know, Sean Payton is good a coach as he is, and some people who call Sean arrogant, a little bit cocky. He looks for tons of input. He was constantly talking on the headset, so he he was getting a ton of feedback from Pete Carmichael. Pete, what do you like here? What are you seeing? And those guys work hand in hand. Scott, we we know it always seems like when you've been there now three times in the last four years for the Kansas City Chiefs, that that window is going to be showing some signs of maybe closing. We know that's kind of the opposite for the Chiefs, especially with some of the draft picks that they have coming up too. If you're looking at this team to sort of run it back, where are you? what are you emphasizing for this roster uh, here in the offseason to, to be as sharp as possible? Well, what's scary about Kansas City is, is – when you looked on paper going against Philadelphia, Philadelphia was the better roster. They had tons of position mm-hmm. groups that were better than Kansas City. I think Kansas City can get a lot better. I think they can get better at wide receiver. I think mm-hmm. they can get better on the defensive end in some areas. But Kansas City must. They must continue to invest in their offensive line. Their offensive line was phenomenal. Playing against the best defensive line in the NFL in the Super Bowl and Mahomes doesn't get sacked, continue to invest in that offensive line. You're going to have Mahomes there. But you can get much better on the outside at the wide receiver position. And, you know, that, that division, that division is good is probably the best in football. Sean Payton's going to Denver. There's a reason why Denver said, hey, we need you. We have to slow down these guys. It's going to be a tough task for them in Denver. But, yeah, I think Kansas City, as scary as it sounds, they still have a lot of room yeah. for improvement at different position groups on that team. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Scott, as always, we appreciate great insight. I, I appreciate the stuff on Pete Carmichael uh, compared to uh, Kansas City. Have a great week. We'll talk to you next week. Yep. Take care. That's uh, Scott Chanley, Super Bowl champion with the uh, Saints. Pete Carmichael was the right-hand man for uh, Sean Payton uh, and interviewed in 2011. Pete Carmichael was supposed to interview for all these, and he did, but he never got a head coaching job. It's, you know, and at some point it's got to get out of why Eric Biennemi can't get a job. Does he have a skeleton in his closet or more? Is it something that happened to Colorado? Because you remember he was in the mix to go back to his alma mater. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I, I... and he's Andy, loved there to this yeah. day. It, again, Andy Reid went out of his way on the field after the game to talk about Eric Bieniemy. Yep. Not a lot of players will credit Bieniemy. No, it always goes back to Andy Reid, mm-hmm. even the quarterback. Right. And Andy Reid is a whiz. I mean, you look at some of the stuff that they did in that game. I mean, they ran some things. You're finding out now. Kansas City knew that they would be in that position, or at least they would be in the postseason. They ran some things just to put on film that they did the complete opposite yeah. on Sunday night because they knew that Philadelphia would scout their tendencies. Mm-hmm. And they're like, yeah, we've already showed that, but now we have a new wrinkle to it. I mean, it, He and, made and, him look foolish. Andy Reid's mind is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's the balance of people say, well, he doesn't interview very well. Okay, can somebody help him if he's right. a bad I, I would think going can that an, many. Can an owner or a GM go, yeah, but I see the result. Yeah, I can yeah. see through so there's this. Gotta, we we got to get to the truth, and the truth's got to get out there why Eric Bieniemy hasn't been a head coach. If he's a bad dude and Kansas City you know, has taken him and that's a great spot for him, 
Let's get that out there because yeah. there's just all kinds of speculation on why he can't get a job. Mm-hmm. And you know, it, it's amazing that we've gone through another cycle that yeah. Eric Bieniemy is still in Kansas City. Now, I'll take it because the continuity on the staff mm-hmm. is important. That's why, uh-oh, here goes Nick Sirianni. He's got to replace both coordinators. Yeah. they got to pay Hurts. they got to manage the roster. Kansas City has both their coordinators probably coming back. Now, I think Bieniemy is done. I think Eric Bieniemy should go to Washington, mm-hmm. but then I'm like, man, what if Ron Rivera gets fired? What's going to happen with Bieniemy? Right. You know, what? what or is Eric Bieniemy someday in line to be the head coach of the Chiefs if Which he goes somewhere say. else and comes back? Yeah. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of a lot of questions about him. Actually, the best route to getting to where you want to be in the Kansas City organization does appear to work for Brett Veach. Mm-hmm. Your general manager is off the Kansas City Brett Veach tree, uh, Mike Borgonzi who is like the next big hotshot GM. Yeah, He's been with the Chiefs forever. Mm-hmm. He's like the right-hand man for Veach. Kansas City's front office is pretty yeah. good. They know how to draft. They know how to acquire talent. Well, Ryan Pace didn't come from there, so that was good. Ryan Poles did. Yeah, look what he did with the Tyreek Hill trade, and then the year yeah. after they just win the Super Bowl and they find ways to do it. And like Scott said, they can get better. They yeah, get a lot yeah. better. The, the enemy mystery has been exactly that like i, I it's I, weird you you hear so, you hear so many different yeah, things you're if, like okay what do we really if, dial in on then what is the issue interview well help why him. doesn't he interview well people should tell him hey when you go into an interview yeah maybe focus more on this right. it, it's we've got all this like the speculation I, I think for his benefit probably need to get it out there well and owners and gms they talk amongst each other too so it's not like what you know? If, say it was the interview issue. It's not like whoever he was interviewing for, are they're going to keep that to themselves? And be like, yeah, we we don't want to. You want you want to help. You you want somebody to learn from that, especially if they didn't get the job with you initially. I, I feel like you're going to give them that feedback, or you're going to give other people around that person feedback that can then relay that to you. Like, yeah, they didn't hmm. really like where you. So I, I don't know if I buy into the whole interview thing. Well, I, I, I just really owners don't. Owners have every right to hire whoever they want. Sure, they do. Okay, yeah, but it's just we're at a point now of what what's the truth about Eric Bieniemy? Because mm-hmm. it's 16 teams, 17 head coaching jobs. It's crazy. It's weird because people thought he was gone three years ago, yeah. and here we are three years yeah. later, three Super Bowl appearances, two championships, and we're still having the same conversation, and you could see us having the same conversation well, a year from now. And what's what's more is the last two years, we haven't been surprised that he hasn't gotten a job. You expect Like two years ago, I, I expected him that he would, and then now it's like, oh, yeah, he'll, he'll interview, but he's probably not going to get it. Like that's kind of where we are right now, and it, it's because that's the narrative. He's going to get interviewed, but he's probably not going to get hired. That's the that's the narrative right now. Why is that the case? I'm at a point now. I, I don't know if he'll ever be a head coach in the NFL. I'm with you there. That's yeah. kind of what and, I'm and, saying. years four years ago, I'd I'd it, be shocked by that. Is it is it from his skin color or right? There's something know. else because that is that's it's kind of absurd. The two coordinators in Philadelphia, right off the bat, I wouldn't want the Arizona job because I gotta I gotta try and fix Kyler no. Murray. Indianapolis job, yeah, you got a chance to draft your franchise quarterback potentially out of the draft this year. But Matt Nagy's got a head coaching job before. Both of both of those guys off of Sirianni's staff got head coaching jobs. So yeah. at, at some point, we got to get it out there on why EB can't be a head coach. Mm-hmm. And 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 I do think that it's probably best for him. And I, I would never leave Mahomes and Reed. I would <laughs> I would suck off that trough forever. Right, but. If he wants to get where he wants to be, 
than probably you know leaving the coop yeah. and going and running an offense yeah. that doesn't have 15 in it or, or 87. Yeah, exactly. Is maybe going to be, hey, I don't know what your thing is with me, but look what I just did. Yeah, or who the head coach yeah. is of like, well, yeah, but it's it's really Andy Reid, just like the Sean Payton Carmichael. Well, then even if they say, oh, it's all Andy Reid, what about, did it ever occur to some people that he's picked up some things from Andy? Like, hey, here's some of the stuff Andy did. Let me try and implement nah, It's plausible that. to think that, but, I mean, that's why, again, I, I – I'm inclined to think there's more to this. I just yeah. I'm with I'm Honestly, with Sharpie though. I, I I want to know. I'd love to know. Or people say I would rather hire Andy Reid than Eric Bieniemy. Can Can you give me his number? <laughs> when it comes down to all right, who does the game plan? Yeah. and who calls the plays? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it is it, it's fascinating. It really is. All right, Brandon Vogel. Before the uh, hour is over, if you missed our big 1620 the zone listener news earlier today. We're going to have a watch party. We're going to take over the theater out in Elkhorn next Thursday night for Cocaine Bear. We're going to have tickets to give away on all the shows beginning on Monday. There'll be uh, further details come out throughout the next couple of days and then be listening on Monday, 6A to 6P. We'll have tickets to give away to Cocaine Bear. People are asking, what if I don't win tickets? Can I still go? Uh, yeah, but you're not going to be able to get into the theater. Like, we have right. the whole theater. Yeah, it's ours. So, so be listening all next week, 6A to 6P to hang in with us and watch Cocaine Bear. And then we'll have like a Q&A afterwards. Oh, yeah, like the, the – are we going to have the producer? They're going to have the director there too, and we can ask questions? Uh, I think we'll probably ask questions amongst ourselves. Okay. That'll be a fun show following that Friday. Like I said, best news to wake up and see that email for something in the morning. I know. Uh, Gary, stick right there. We'll get right back to you after this. Uh, it's Mornings with Sharp and Hanley on 1620 The Zone. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts.